Welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss plagiarism, straight pride, and Robert Downey Jr.'s robot army. I don't want to waste one minute. Let's get right into it. Ryan, we're back. It's, back in black. it's June, the first week of June, 2019. Happy Pride. Summer Pride is alive and kicking. Saw a great tweet that was like straight pride. This pride month has been insane. And then it it was like Liz Lemon, and then it was Jack from Thirty Rock saying, "Lemon, it's June (laughs) sixth. Was it actually them? (laughs) No, it's from that thing where she says, "Well, what a week!" And he goes, "Lemon, it's Tuesday." (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, it's Pride. Is Pride Month? It feels like we've been in June for so long already. June June is busting out all over. The first week of June has been fucking nuts and really long and like i'm like ah it's thursday and it just feels like it took forever to get to thursday i had uh, really bad insomnia problems for a long part of my life and then the last year and a half maybe two years i've been sleeping like a babe in arms like 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 a like a like i'm taking methadone at night and i just pass out and the last since june started the like news cycle or something i haven't slept more than like four hours a night and i'm talking it up to joe biden straight pride and google stadia <laughs> i'm sorry when you say when you say the words insomnia yeah am i the only person who thinks of this immediately i think it's just do you, you know the song do you know the song you've definitely heard this song no i don't know. just wait just wait this is the epic intro. It's from the 90s. So oh, I had, can tell. Everything had an intro. It's styled after like Apple commercials of the 80s. All as all music videos in the 90s were. You fucking heard this song. I think of this every time I hear the word. I hear you think of Insomniac this. Games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> this is the radio edit. All right, here we go. Oh, yeah. Uh, is this the best beat? <laughs> okay, anyhow. Great stuff. I mean, the first thing I think of song-wise would be I Need a Hero by Bonnie Tyler. Uh, when you hear the word insomnia? Yeah. Why? Late at night, she tosses and she turns. Hmm. She needs a hero. Hmm. Bonnie Tyler, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Now, that is a song. Yeah. That is a song. The 80s storyteller power ballad. People don't talk about things in songs anymore. I know. Everything's just about... Uh, it's about nothing. It's about nothing. It's about, how many, it's about how many rings you have. There's a great video by Todd in the Shadows this week about Taylor Swift's quote-unquote comeback single, Me. It's like oh. a review, and it also deep dives on the pop star trope of... Uh, which is a terrible song, by the way. It's, it's just me? awful. Have we've talked it? about this already. It's a terrible... I was thinking it's we said it on the podcast. It's unbelievably unlistenable. bad. It sound, he says in the video, it sounds like the kids' bop cover of itself, which is such a specific drag. Um, but he he talks about the pop star <laughs> "I'm Back, Bitch" song, and like the things that you require. Mean like, it's Britney, bitch. It's Britney, bitch. Um, Spice up your life, "Bad" by Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. all those songs oh, that good. like. Essentially, his qualifications are like they need to be about nothing mm-hmm. but yourself, mm-hmm. 
and make no sense. And that you're back. They need to go number one immediately. Okay, yeah. That uh, song did not. They need No. It needs to be a song by the most famous person in the world at that exact moment. Mm-hmm. And this Taylor Swift song attempted to be that, and mm-hmm. it's not that. Yeah. And it doesn't reference her personal life. I mean, uh, the song has to not reference her personal life. She doesn't have a track like that. Well, and so he yeah. was like, she can't be one of the pop icons like Madonna or whatever until she has an I'm back bitch moment. Yeah. And she hasn't had it. And I was like, this is blowing my mind. Yeah, she can't. She can't have it because there's nothing. She can't to, sustain. She doesn't have the range. There's nothing to come back to it from. I mean, you're, she's had everything that you could possibly She grew want. up on a Christmas tree farm. Well, that's her narrative. I don't know. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of holes in her narrative. Okay, like she, the whole thing about her guitar lessons, or she's from the like, south and she's from Pennsylvania. Yeah, she's from literally from like Ligon Ligon Ligonsburg. That's not a place. Ligonier Ligonier. It's not Ligonier. It's like Cannonsburg. These are all places in Pennsylvania. In case you're wondering, um, great gowns, beautiful gowns, beautiful beautiful part of the country. Uh, now red state, so dead to me. Oh, I was just going to say that Britney got a lot of mileage out of its Britney bitch. I mean, she used it in several songs, including but not limited to um, Scream and Shout. A lot I of am. her back catalog. They just catalog, threw it in there. They're like, why not? A lot of her back catalog is self-referential, and it's really like snake-eating its tail. But stuff. Madonna does. That's very Madonna. Yeah. Madonna makes a lot of reference to her stuff. Like, my loneliness is killing me. My loneliness ain't killing me no more. Mm. Kind of like yeah. those like flips. There's a narrative. There's a story, a rich tapestry of song that she's woven. Could make a great Broadway show, and instead they're doing some horrible fairy tale-based bullshit. I don't know. I did, Are they doing a, a Britney Broadway? Yes. Oh, wow. Well, about, that's fine. It's about three fairy tale princesses like Cinderella and a couple others, and then a fairy godmother drops a copy of the feminine mystique, and they do a feminist takeover of their respective kingdoms. I can't tell if what you're saying is true or a complete lie. Wouldn't that make a great improv premise? In I mean, fact, maybe, maybe. it is a multi-million dollar musical headlined by the biggest pop that's star crazy. of the last 20 years. That's crazy. Is she in it? Um, she's working on the music. All right. Should we talk about Apple for a minute? I guess. Do you want to? I think the people who listen to this podcast YouTube, would man. rather talk about Apple Let's than hear about Britney. Apple than Britney. I think there's a good cross-section of people who like Apple and Britney. Yeah, sure. Um, so Apple had WWDC this week, uh, which I got to say, like, really has um, – it's so it's so weird and wonderful how, like, the, the, the whole mood of what they do has shifted, you know? Apple how- is at a really strange crossroad where they still – perceive themselves to be the underdog and fighting the man when it comes to privacy and stuff and yet they're charging a thousand dollars for a monitor stand i mean the the hold on let's back up let's 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 make sure we are giving people all of the information they need which they definitely already have but we should talk about it um so apple did wwdc they announced um they're killing itunes essentially um they are uh they've introduced a new mac pro they call it the Mac Pro. Um, yeah, it's called are, the Mac Pro. They added a bunch of features to iOS 13, many of which are very unimpressive. They have added some things to the new iPad OS, and they're basically making the iPad OS its own thing, um, like its own version of the OS, which is like it took this long for you to figure out that like you should put widgets on that big-ass dumb fucking home screen that has nothing on it. Or just to discover that like – it was a pretty cool idea to be like, we're going to put our smartphone OS on a large tablet. Okay. Uh, it's been a very long time, and it doesn't have any spe- features specific to it. Like, I mean, that's it's bizarre. Got, it's, maybe a few things, but like- Multitasking. Like, what, what, look, like side-by-side multitasking. Yeah, is the that's only fine. Feature. Everything I've seen, everything I've seen, I'm sorry, I don't want to be an- I, Look, Apple does a lot of good- I mean, Everybody's like, oh, you're an Apple hater. Like, No. I don't hate Apple. I own everything they sell. I don't own everything, but I use an Apple TV. I use a Mac. I have an iPhone that I use occasionally. I wear an Apple Watch. I have 
have AirPods. Yeah. I have a Mac Mini, yeah. a Mac laptop, an iPad. Like, no, I have. Not... I, I have an iPad. I got the fucking the keyboard thing and the in the pen. And okay, I have game is... controllers before they did this new update. I bought a specific game controller to play iOS games. I own thousands of dollars in iOS software. Yes, all right. So anyhow, I'm a fan. We are clearly purchasing, purchasing, and using lots of Apple products. So I don't want to be like, oh, I fucking hate everything Apple does. But what I will say is. You get to a point where you're just like, look, other people are doing more interesting things, just way more interesting, like way, way more interesting and, and frankly, better, yeah. right? Like, th- here's what I don't understand. I do not I, – I know, and I know there are people out there who love their iPad, and they are just crushing it with their iPad. Whatever you do, I don't know. Whatever you're doing in life it must be – you must have a lot less to do and a lot less to deal with than I do. I'm not bragging. It's not a competition. But if I had to use an iPad as a daily computer – it would drive me completely insane. My iPad does four or five things so much better than my laptop. I use my laptop for hundreds of tell things. Me, tell me about what. Tell me those four things are. Um, drawing and yeah. design. Okay, drawing easily. Agree. Well, I mean, the Surface does. I mean, it's not. I will say this: the latency is better on the iPad than in. I don't have and the there's new. There's more apps. I don't have the new Surface, but but the, the I have the, the Surface, pencil works better. I have the Pro Four, I believe, and I think the latency is fine. But I definitely the iPad latency is way lower. They've got more apps. The okay. screen is drawing. nice. Drawing, okay, drawing. Um, I watch TV and movies around the apartment, and okay. it's okay. Portable, a dream. portable film machine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I playing games on it as opposed to, but it's not better than your Switch. It depends. It, like a Civilization style game or like any RTS, way better than playing on Switch. Really? Way better. Okay. Um, but a lot Do of the have games are crap. Civilization freemium. Is there an iOS Civilization? Yeah, full port. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. Uh, a lot of games can be crap freemium, but mm-hmm. that there are specific titles that uh-huh. I love. Yep. Um, I, I prefer it for reading comic books to anything else. Okay. Um, what about a comic book? You refer to a comic yeah, book? Yeah, if I'm traveling, yes. I like to okay. own the physical comics, yeah. but if I'm going on a trip, I'll torrent the comics that I already all things purchased. being the same, you're a, you're a sitting somewhere and you want to read a comic book and you have the uh, idea, you can read it on the iPad or you can read it in a, on like a, in an actual comic book? Um, it depends on the comic because okay. they do the motion comic thing where right. you can swipe through and it kind of highlights certain mm-hmm. things and okay. you get extra features. All right, what else? And browsing the web while watching TV or, or live tweeting. Yeah. Casual Great. browsing. Great on Casual iPad. browsing. Those things, it kills. I use my computer for work, video editing, basically everything else I right. do all day long. Right. And it can't, it's almost impossible to get anything done. Excel spreadsheets, typing, right. like Word documents. I type up my mom's newsletters for her right. daycare business. Right. I, you can't drag and move images in yeah. a document, which is bizarre. Um, okay. It. it so it, we just we think it excels at some things. What about saving a file? A little bit of a pain in the ass. It's huge pain in the ass. But yeah. the, some of these improvements are an iterative quality of life thing. Like they're going to do mouse support, USB drives, things they should have had, um, a real file system, you know, better multitasking. All of that stuff sounds great. But I mean, someone in our office asked me if they could should get an iPad as a personal computer if they have a work laptop, but they just need a device for personal. Yeah. Um, and it was hard to tell them to do it because they said, "Do you ever do your taxes?" Don't do those on a work computer, and uh, right. you can't really do your taxes on an iPad. Right, and that's something that comes up, yeah. and that comes up all year long if you have if you have enough businesses or whatever going. Um, do you, you know, how often do you have to power through e- personal email versus yeah. work email? Right. I mean, it's just it's not a solution. And Photoshop, they can do a full port of Photoshop to the iPad, and maybe it'll get there at some point. But if I'm photoshopping, like heavily photoshopping images for work, or if I'm doing a real video edit, if I'm editing a podcast, you can't edit a podcast on the iPad. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. They have full ports of GarageBand and stuff, but you can't 
edit a podcast effectively. So the things that they're doing are good quality of life improvements, and I'm excited to see where it goes because they're the only player in the tablet space. But I don't know why it's taking so long. And also, if it, it, it wasn't the promise of Apple that they own the apps, they own the hardware, they make the software, like it's all rolled in so they can move things forward really fast and do really big polish. But you look at Google's products, even a Chromebook versus an iPad is just more usable in a lot of ways. And uh, the Pixel has more features than the iPhone. It's weird to me that, that Google is able to iteratively get there faster. Right even though they have to service all these different platforms and all these different hardware platforms and all these different devices, all these weird form factors, Apple just has to service their core products and they're not iterating their product to a point where it's it's exciting or it does something that no one else can do. Am I excited about Bluetooth AirPod sharing? Sure, that's a problem that I have. I bought a specific device that I could sync two Bluetooth things for me and John when we travel. That's a fix. That's great. Yeah. But... I can't use my iPad when I'm traveling to if you if you slack me and say Ryan I need you to get this done and I'm taking a week off but like it's a quick thing I need to get done I have to have bring my laptop with me. Right. That's no wild. I I agree. I I think it's insane. I mean I, so anyhow so getting back to WWD. Getting back to this. So yeah, so there's a new there's a new um you know, iPad OS, dark mode on iOS, and then they did a bunch of security stuff. And and one of the things they've done is now they're basically doing Apple as a as a sign-on for other services. They're trying to make privacy of services, uh, Casey said on the outline, which I thought was a good... Yeah, um, which is fine, but I mean, like, it's fine. I mean, and I like we can applaud Apple's efforts to you know to like protect our privacy. I think these are good ideas. It's good. I would just say like Apple hasn't. I mean, and I tweeted about this a little bit. Apple hasn't actually had to deal with the kinds of privacy questions that a company like Google has, partially because they don't really do what Google does. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't actually provide internet services, and in fact, their internet services are quite bad. They're quite, they're quite terrible. iCloud documents or spreadsheets or like any of that, their web inter, it's honestly hilarious that this is a major tech company no, that makes insane. these products. It's insane. I mean, they're, e they're like web, email. Like Google that. Drive versus that, it honestly looks like you're talking about like the Mac 2 versus today's it, modern laptop. And it's like this, hilarious. And I've said this a million times, but like Apple's perception of the internet is it's like a conduit to get from like their, their app to another app, like from services to services, not like a place where things happen. They also see creative projects as like you have a keyboard and a stylus and you're going to put together your masterpiece and not the way that people use it, which is honestly... Shit posts, memes, quick edits, funny ideas, takes. Like, that's what people are, as their daily driver are doing. It, it, right. Just try to download a YouTube video to edit into a meme on a, an iOS device. They're trying to make that better in the new Safari, but it's 2019. It's going to be almost be 2000, like 2020 when Apple gets to the point where you can download a YouTube video to make a meme on it. Yeah. It's no. bizarre. I mean, it's just, it's just, so I think, look, so what they, all the stuff they announced, like, I really am just waiting for the moment where Apple's like, oh, and by the way, we're going to have a new, um, we're going to have a new mode where you're able to use, a, you know, some kind of approved, security approved, whatever. Like, you want to change your email client. If you want to use a different browser as your main browser, like, at this point, it's crazy to me. Like, I honestly will just say this. Like, I, I think all the time, like, well, I'll just switch back to the iPhone because there's the whole iMessage thing has just been like a complete um, hassle, like, to deal with with everybody in my life. But every time I think of it, I think, oh, yeah, I remember the last time I was using the iPhone full time. It's like just struggling to, like, do the things that I normally do 
elsewhere here, it just doesn't feel worth like the effort. And it's like, I don't tell Siri to pull up and play a podcast. I don't know why it's a feature they say that they have that does not work. Well, it's also just like, I don't use their mail app. I don't like the way it works. It doesn't, it's not efficient for me. It's not good for me. I'm used to using Gmail. So like, let me No, I can use Gmail on the phone. No problem. But it doesn't, have the same doesn't functionality tie in. doesn't tie into my calendar like in the way that it should it doesn't refresh when it should it's like it's, and i use safari I can't, default, I can't default to it i use safari which means that when i click on an address and want to open it in google maps the map app that everyone uses it takes me to apple maps and i have to do a shitty copy and paste into google maps so apple's idea of privacy to me i i like its goals i think they're i they're they're better than other companies and they're taking strong ethical stances. But what does that amount to when your platform has services I frankly don't use and that I don't like I can't break into? And like using Apple to sign in everywhere really reminds me of the Apple credit card where it's like, you thought iMessage was hard to leave? Good luck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, the, that's, that's like my my fee, my it's like I'm not saying that. Uh, look, I'm all for better privacy i do think that we all have to acknowledge that like there are certain things that we want to do on the internet that some of them are going to require you giving up some of your privacy that's just going to be the reality for certain things because like you cannot do the things that that a lot of like like you cannot do the things that google does in a lot of cases without having some fairly elaborate map of like who you are what you do and like what you want now that said sharing that information anonymizing that information um, making sure that information is destroyed after a certain point, uh, making sure that I have access to all that information to delete it, to see it, to track it, to like stop things from tracking. That's all shit that we should do. I'm not like person. I don't. Per- I'm not personally living in fear, but I will say like you know. Of course, then it's like I'm not using things like Facebook for lots of really personal sort of like transactions, although they're still tracking the fuck out of me. Um, but I think Apple's idea is right. I just like wish that there. I wish there was. A better, I wish there was a better version of Apple's idea about the internet that could like a be where this could all be applied to, because it's like you're choosing this these really kind of binary paths about like how you use technology, and I just like don't think that their ideas are necessarily the best ones for how technology should ultimately be used. I will say this though, and fuck capitalism forever, but Apple gets a lot of tra- traction for this rhetoric with the general public and even honestly with tech reviewers that don't want to look too closely at like the ways that these all their products interact with their policies compared yeah. to Google. Yeah. But it does raise the bar for other companies. Like if Apple comes out here and they make a huge ad campaign about privacy, it does push Google to well, Google. And I think Google compete. has 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 risen to the challenge. Yeah, I think I think Google has absolutely like. Um, you know, started to change some of their policies and their thinking, which is good. Like everybody should be pushing everybody to do something better. Like for 100 percent, um, other you know other these companies should be challenging the other companies to improve everything. And by the way, this has happened. Like even in the small parts of the product, like notifications, a great example. Like Google has pushed Apple to like improve the way it does notifications. I think that's been like a really good thing. I think you know, and so then there's bigger things like getting. Apple to push Google on having, you know, being treating its customers' privacy with more respect, which is great. Every, I think everybody agrees Facebook is universally bad and sucky and, want, and everybody wants it to go away. I would say, like, the one thing I'm guessing that Apple and Google agree on is that Facebook sucks. Yeah. Which is nice. Um, but, you know, look, Google's, Google's the, Google the guys with the antitrust case. 
you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apple's got a little bit of a thing brewing with this App Store stuff, but I think there's a there's a degree to which all of these companies should step back and evaluate like who they are and what they do and how it is either good or bad for consumers on like in like a really material way. I don't think that much of that was addressed. I'd say on the security side or privacy side, I think it, Apple addressed a bit of it. There's not much else they addressed for consumers that was really that meaningful at this WWDC. Now it's a developers conference, so that that's understandable. Well, there's re- a little quality of life improvements. They and released. Whatever. They released a, a, but the, like I think this is a good like. Then they like touted, they like you know rolled out this Mac Pro, <laughs> you know, and it's like a six thousand dollar computer. It's a the, the monitor is five thousand dollars. I want to say the stand for the monitor, which is just a stand, just a metal. It's just a stand. Stand. To be clear, it's a stand. It's, it's not. It's not. Doesn't do anything. It holds the monitor. It holds the monitor. For... It, the monitor. The monitor doesn't come with a stand. Is that right? Nope. Yeah. It's a thousand dollars. And I don't know, like, what Apple's trying to prove. I get what they're saying when they go to the thirty thousand dollar computer. Like when when you top line spec it out. And you, you, everything, monitor, stand, everything, you're going near 40 grand with taxes. Compared to other professional setups, it is competitive and it's a great computer. And I get where they're going. But they cooked together this $6,000 option for quote unquote prosumers that is a complete ripoff, not just from a specs perspective, but from like just gouging you on design that isn't good and like the monitor stand kind of stuff. Um, And to me, that just seems like a way to trick people who think they want to be professional video editors or they're YouTubers or they're whatever. And so they, you know, drop an extra 5K on a computer that they don't need. Um, And it to me, that just strikes of the like the main criticism of them, which is that their prices have gotten so inflated and hilarious. It's really it's something else. I mean, it's we laughed at the six hundred dollar iPhone. When it first came out. I know, but, like, I don't think... I think at this point, it's, like, I know a lot of people, a lot of creative people, video producers, podcast producers, uh, designers, developers, um, who are have switched to PCs. I mean, PC works fine for all. Like, a lot. Yeah. Like, like um... I mean, our designer Jack. We were just talking about this. He has a he has a PC. He's currently not using because he's like, well, I I I know all the, he's like, I know all the key commands on here, and it's just like I'm faster with it. But like, he's got this like really big, like really like serious like gaming rig that he could use for design, and he's only not using it because like he doesn't want to go through the motions having to relearn like some key commands. Which, by the way, fair enough. We've all been there. But it is one of those things where it's like, yeah, like the adjustment thing. It seems hard at first, and then when you do it, you're like, oh wait, like Photoshop is still Photoshop. The minute it's I just couldn't... like I I can pay half as much or a quarter as much and have the same performance, which is insane. The minute I couldn't do a couple like little mods or whatever that I really needed to get done, or I, there was a couple exclusive like formats or whatever on the PC that was just easier to handle, it I moved over there to do creative work outside of just this podcast. And the hotkeys and stuff took me like three days to learn. And I feel like a lot of people who are professional level. That's not that's not such a barrier for some people it is yeah, yeah. but for most people that's not such a barrier of entry and Jack might get to a point where he's like there's an app I have to use so then he learns it and it's like why would I switch back yeah. and Apple right now isn't offering any exclusive apps or software that like really blow your mind like yeah. Adobe is everywhere mm. my I will say this though I will say my frustration with like using a PC all the time is actually mu- they're much smaller like they're much smaller complaints than like you know m- learning macros. They're like little things like like Apple. I mean, Apple got some, you know, this is actually when I see them kind of like 
not putting as much. So it's good that they made the Mac Pro because they haven't been putting much focus on like desktop or laptop computing, in my opinion. Like, and they've also fucked them some things up pretty seriously. But like, yeah, type but, on an Apple keyboard. But some of the things they have, but some of the things they have done that are just brilliant are like you know, the interoperability of things like images, like the ability to drag an image from one place to another without having to think like, can I put this, can I take this from a web browser and put it over here, yeah. right? Like the ability to like, you know, that that where you can like preview files. Really file easily. organization like, is just, fantastic. Yeah, fi- just, just the whole file. It's funny that like they've been so reluctant to like introduce a file system in, in the iPad OS or in the iPhone OS. I mean, they have it now, but like. Because they're one on the Mac is amazing. They're so good at it. It's been so, it's such a breath of fresh air. I mean. And breaking like, up iTunes, great move. Yeah, I just oh, and I think that's great. I do think that iTunes time had come, and I'm of course I'm cautiously optimistic that they're gonna not blow up everybody's library with this with the new thing they're doing with, with just music. taking podcasts away from Apple Music to me is such a like amazing. I'm so I mean the idea, happy. It's so crazy, but it's also crazy that like the App Store. Here's the crazy thing that I've I've considered a lot, which is like there is no online app store for your phone. Like you can't. And I don't correct me if I'm wrong. An app. But you can't go into a place where you're like, there's the app store for your phone, and you purchase the app, and it shows up on your phone, right? Not on so, Apple. Okay, so like on Android, this is very normal that like I'm like looking at apps on my in my browser, and then I'm like, oh yeah, and you hit install, and it installs it on my phone, which is awesome. It's when I do it on rad. my iPhone, rather than open iTunes, like if there's a blog post that's like best free apps or whatever, or like this app is free this week and it's incredible, you got to get it within 24 hours. I will bookmark the page, find my phone, open my phone, wait for the bookmarks to sync, open the bookmarks, tap that, tap that, go into the store, purchase, move the app where it needs to go, put my phone away, take my computer back out, delete the bookmark, all to download an app. It's it is we're gonna be in 2020. That is yeah, so crazy. wild. It's on Google, crazy. it's one click. Yeah, it's it is, and you can select the device or all your devices. It's like that's insane, but also that it was that the you also can return. But apps also like the, on the, Google. But it's so crazy that like phone management was like inside of iTunes. Like, it made sense when we had iPods, but again, that was decades ago. I mean, honestly, though, like like sort of things like like putting a file on your iPhone from your Mac yeah. over a, a wire. Yeah. You that, had to, does, does that still take place through iTunes? Imagine. You had to plug it in, wait for the iPhone uh, uh, icon to come up, click the icon. You would go into the phone menu. You'd have to scroll to File Explorer, then wait for it to load. Scroll yeah, down to specific yeah, app, yeah. then do Add. It's insane. No, it's insane. This is like this is like like when you you want to put you want to like install. Up till now, I think maybe they've they fixed it in this latest version of the iPad OS. But like if you want to run Keynote with custom fonts, like the way you install the fonts is the most insane backwards. Hacky, weird. and they're the creative. You literally, you literally have to use a third-party app to like hack installing fonts. You like, you have to like approve like certificates and stuff for them. It's completely insane and hacky. It's like, how did you not go like, oh yeah, we have like full-featured Keynote on the iPad, and you can use the fonts that you're like, we have custom fonts that we use in our company. It's like, uh, but then again, when I take out an Android device and I want to put something on my Android phone, I miss AirDrop very much. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, that's that's true. But also, there are things that like you Google can, Drive is great. Google Drive is great. But you can also do things. There's like a thing called AirDroid, which is like you can literally access your file system from like a website by like using a QR code. Yeah, but code. that's the hacky thing. You just it's hacky, but it's way cleaner than like most. Anyhow, yeah. The point is, there's a bunch of weird shit that like Apple just like fails to get that they still don't get. And, they're and like, they get some stuff so well. I know, but they're like dark mode. And it's like, yeah, um, could I 
could you like show me the weather on my lock screen so I don't have to like wonder what the temperature <laughs> or is? Or just change the icon to match the weather. Yeah, outside. how about that? How about we update? You're doing uh, you're doing widgets now. How about? But literally, they're like we took the calendar app updates. The icon. Yeah, no, believe me, and the clock ticks. But why doesn't the weather Please, show me I've what been the weather about is? This for a fucking decade. <laughs> but. It, it, the more we talk about it, the more frustrating it is. Because how insane keep... is it? How insane is it? Apple has demonstrated they can have live updating icons on the screen of the iPhone, and have they have never thought? Let's make the weather thing live update based on your location. We'll check in every half an hour. They're we'll... already pulling it for your watch. They're already live pulling that information. I'm gonna kill somebody. <laughs> I'm gonna kill the person who's responsible for not having a live. I've been talking about this for a decade, a solid ten years. Of this. One of the first city of jailbroken tweaks was to do that. I'm looking, I'm looking to see if in iOS 13 they're making if they're making a I guarantee they're not. <laughs> Fuck you, Apple. Here's right. somebody's here's somebody's wish list. Anyhow, the point is it's like you got dark mode, but I still don't know what the fucking temperature is if I look at my weather icon. So are you really helping me out as a consumer? I don't think so. You want to talk about Google somewhere? God, do I? Go ahead. YouTube. Is a great service that everybody loves and is full of cool people who are great. Is uh, being heavily discussed because this week, uh, the situation between Steven Crowder, a far right, insane, conservative, like shit post troll who mm-hmm. hosts like a fake talk show where he just shits on people's ideas with fake pseudoscience and stuff, um, had done oh, he a. stole my idea. Interesting. He did a targeted hate campaign over the course of years. Um, Against Carlos Maza, who is a reporter at Vox, um, I believe his I believe his Twitter handle is Gay Wonk. Yes. Is that correct? And uh, he's putting it all out there. He calls him slurs regularly. He sells T-shirts that say "Socialism is for fags," um, and then his fans have been selling T-shirts to raise money for him mm. that says that Carlos Maza is a fag. Mm. Um, that feels like hate speech to me. Yeah, I'm, uh, no, I'm a I'm a hate speech expert. He he's been doxxed by his fans, and then he Crowder told them to tell him to debate him, and so his phone blew up with thousands of text messages saying "debate Stephen Crowder," which is a, a an alt right tactic to try to couch their attempts at hate and harassment as uh, intellectual philosophical debates. Um, and other left-wing uh, like internet personalities like Natalie Wynn of ContraPoints have offered openly to do a debate and Stephen Crowder doesn't do it because he's purposely trying to target this one person who is Mexican and queer. I can't, I can't believe we live in a world where I have to know who Stephen Crowder is. That's well, the most important thing. The internet said, hey, stop this. And I canceled YouTube Premium. I became Karen, who calls for the manager. And I told the customer service um, very politely, like, I hope you personally have a nice day, but can you please tell your support team that I think this is unacceptable? Stuff like that. Um, Crowder came back with freedom of speech, blah, blah, blah. Freedom of speech includes the right to call people fags and incite violence. Yeah, no, it doesn't, but fine. No, I mean, it, it can. That's fine. YouTube hey, clarified. You can, you can say that. It, here's the thing about freedom of speech. It's the law of the country. It's not, but there are YouTube, limits. But YouTube, YouTube runs a for-profit business. But there are also limits in the country. If you have yes, thousands yes, of people are... showing up at my door calling me a faggot, I can yeah. sue you. Okay, but I think we can agree. But let's just say on the basis of, should people be able to say what they want? Totally, sure. Even if it's mean and hateful, sure. Why and not? Even if someone runs a platform, even if someone runs a private business like Walmart, and you go in and you start yelling "fag," yeah. they're going to tell you to leave. That's, That's fine. Right. That's that correct. people turn around and they say, "But this is a platform about speech." Blah blah blah. But if I own a bookstore and you come in and start calling people "fag" or want to sell a book about how someone is an asshole and you hate them and you they want them to die, and the bookstore doesn't want to sell my book, 
Yeah. That's on the book. The books are not. I mean, this is, I've, look, this is. We talk about this all the time. Yes. And I think, so it's like really important that we all step, because these fucking tech companies have this way of trying to convince us that they are, it's important that we let them kind of do whatever they want because it's in the, it's in support of things like free speech. I mean, this just happened with this Nancy Pelosi video on Facebook, which I did a big like tweet story about, which is like their argument was, you know, this is. It could be considered satire. It could be considered this. Like, we can't police, you know, everything here and, you know, every little thing here and there and all this shit. And it's like, they're like, look, you know, we're this platform for speech and we, you know, we have and to YouTube let people. And YouTube says it's fine as long as you're debating. Right. I mean, all of this stuff is just basically like. Like, I could say, uh, Josh, Steven... kill yourself because of your ideas about the economy. Wow. And that is not inciting violence. You give me a lot of food for thought, actually. Um, but, like, the thing is, you I'm sure Steven Crowder, how many f- subscribers does he have? Uh, he's got to have, like, a million. I don't know. But he gets a lot of engagement on his fucking videos. I'll bet a lot of people watch them. Mm-hmm. I'll bet people spend a long time watching his videos. Even if he doesn't monetize his videos, YouTube plays ads before his videos. Yeah, but, I mean, they've been monetizing them, to be clear, up yeah. until, like, this week. But so then YouTube came out and said they're not going to monetize his videos, and they're updating their harassment pol- policies to purge white supremacist conspiracy theory content, but that his didn't qualify. Obviously, they that's because he's got such a large platform, and they don't want blowback from the right wing or the government or something. But... Well, the question always becomes, the question is always like... It's easy to make rules, but it's really hard to enforce them. The question is always like, um, you know, the thing that, that is now happening is that that you have like the president of the United States of America who's like, Twitter is, is, is not allowing free speech. And it's like, Twitter is a private company. It has shareholders, but it is... Uh, well, I guess they're publicly they're a publicly held company, but I mean, like they have shareholders and they have people who run it, and they're a for profit business. And for profit business, like it's not like Walmart, like basically, like Walmart could, and maybe they do stock uh, all of Alex Jones's, like uh, they, maybe he wants to like make some CDs of his conspiracy theories, and they and he could argue that Walmart should stock them because it's free speech, and Walmart is a platform where he should be able to have his free speech. But Walmart's like, yeah, we're not going to stock that because it's not in the best interest of our customers, and we don't feel it aligns with our corporate identity to sell that kind of stuff in our stores. They're a for-profit business; they can do that. That's that's actually free free speech. Is saying, I don't want this in my store. I don't want this on my platform. That's another form of free speech. So the like, Google can exercise its right to free speech by going like. Here's what we like and allow in in the YouTube universe. If we feel, for whatever reason we feel, because we're fucking YouTube, we don't work for, we're not a part of the government. We're not owned by the Pentagon. We're not, like, run by fucking the Department of the Interior. They're not PBS, even. We're not PBS. We're not publicly funded. If we decide that we don't like this person, this content, this whatever, not, I mean, sure, you'll get run into places where you can get, like, sued, but within reason, you can go. This is not in the best interest of our business. They it's did not, it with Alex Jones. It's not. That's right. It's not in the best interest of our share for our shareholders. We don't feel it is contributing to the discourse that we think is the type of discourse that YouTube wants to put out into the world. We consider ourselves a platform for creators and entertainers and and debate where where within the realm good of, faith debate. Yeah, within the realm of what we of what we decide is acceptable in the YouTube terms of fucking service. And if you don't like our decision, then you can go run your shit on Daily Motion or on Vimeo or on Pornhub. Twi- on Twitch or Pornhub or there are other video services. They're not a monopoly on video. I mean YouTube draws the line at nipples. Even if they had a fucking monopoly, it doesn't mean they should just show whatever. 
They and, can but, say they can say we don't want beheadings on this service. They can but say, then you break we up the monopoly. Want... That's the argument. You know what no, I mean? No, no, but I'm saying, but but even if you break it, even if you break. It doesn't mean like you could break up YouTube. It's not going to become like a government controlled service. Mm. And it's not. It's so so all of these all of this shit about Twitter and YouTube and Facebook hiding behind this fucking free speech blanket. I'm not saying that I like censorship. I'm saying that if I run a fucking business, like let me put it to you this way, on theoutline.com, somebody could submit a proposal for a a piece about how Nazis are super cool and we should like like Nazis and actually Hitler had some good ideas. Could you totally. imagine if I took to Twitter and was like, Jeremy Gordon won't publish my shit post about Plato? It's totally within your right to submit some bullshit article to us. And it is totally within our right to be like, yeah, we're not going to publish that. It's also within our right to publish something and then look at it after reading through it a couple times and go, you know what, actually, we don't really like this piece. We're going to pull it down if we want because that we have a privately owned business that we can fucking do what we want with. So so I think this idea that 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 these big corporations, these tech companies are hiding behind this like – facade of being the arbiters and champions and 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 um and gatekeepers of free speech is a extremely dangerous and bad idea when like what we should do is level set which is to say that in America we have freedom of speech you are able to speak your mind about lots of topics any topic you want pretty much anywhere unless it it verges into inciting violence or if it's you know actually like a hate crime or you know there's lots of ways that free speech le- reaches a limit where it becomes like harmful to other people but YouTube is not America. YouTube is an inner, first off, an international fucking service. It's not America. Facebook is not America. Twitter's not America. They are for profit, like they are companies, capitalistic for profit companies whose job it is to create value for their shareholders and presumably for their users, create joy or whatever. And so, like, it, you can make all the arguments you want, but like they have the ultimate say about what's on their fucking plot. Just like CBS can say, we will and won't run these shows. But even if you're at home listening to this and you disagree with what we're saying because you think for X, Y, Z reason, I, I would like to point you to the hypocrisy that is YouTube is running a Pride Month campaign very heavily about how they support queer creators and they don't stand for bullying and they take out these huge... Um, hypocritical ethical stand standpoints that they use for marketing that they don't follow up with on the back end. YouTube is notorious for um, recently they've had pedophilia scandals that their algorithms are promoting pedophilia. Um, they had uh, a, a, an entire scandal that took months to resolve where they would demonetize any in, any information, any discussion, any uh, content relating to LGBTQI people because it was qualifying as porn mm-hmm. within their algorithms. Yep. And they did not know how to decouple the two. The discussion about the mechanics of gay sex or uh, gay marriage or uh, queer youth coming out, um, about first-time experiences. Very normal stuff. They were demonetizing all of this educational content made in good faith that didn't have harmful effects in the real world and you you could just click away from if that wasn't your cup of tea. Um, and yet they run, they walk in Pride Month campaigns and their entire Twitter profile is rainbow themed at the moment. And it it's frustrating and the optics of it are so bad. And the idea that they don't have uh, a team in place that can identify this stuff, but they do have a team in place to stop you from sharing clips of Super Mario 64 yeah. is wild. Yeah, I mean, I mean, listen. I and- can't post a video of me singing a cover of a song without knowing it's going to get demonetized. But... You can post like Nazi imagery on a like million subscriber channel. Yeah, I, and I think that there's you hear you hear from a lot of people. They're like they're silencing conservative voices. They're you know they're they have bias against you know this kind of speech or whatever. It's like look, um, if 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 Google 
has a set of ideals that it promotes publicly and that it speaks to, let's say support of the LGBTQ community, um, then it can't also it can't also be like when that community is attacked and when our platform is used to hurt those people, like we have to support that as well because um, it's that's freedom of speech. Like you can be like. There's a thing that we stand for and a thing that we don't. Like if YouTube, if YouTube, and on the flip side, if someone was calling Barry Weiss a bunch of slurs, anti-Semitic slurs, and 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 uh, calling her na- the derogatory names for women, yeah, it would cut the same way. But people yeah, on the left don't tend to do that. Uh, that's right. People on the that's right. People on the left don't tend to make it um, their job to have channels that are like channels on YouTube that are obsessed with like harassment, harassment based on like identity. Pol- not not to say people on the left don't talk about identity politics but <laughs> but it's like one thing to say i'm this thing and i feel this way and this is why it's another thing to say i'm i identify this type of person or this person over here and i hate them and let me tell you why i hate them and why i hate their group those are very different things right they're like one is i'm here's me talking one is like here's me like putting a bunch of fucking vile hate towards like a group of people, right? A marginalized, undoubtedly in this case, a marginalized group of people in this country, certainly around the world. So anyhow, the point is, so I've been, we've been fucking talking about this forever. By the way, speaking of things I've been talking about 10 years, like about for 10 years, we used to have the same debate about comments on Engadget. I'm sure I've talked about it on this podcast before. And when we would like ban people who were fucking racist or shitty in the comments on Engadget, they would say shit like, you're trying to silence freedom of speech, you're, you're sent, this is censorship, this is blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, sure, if you're talking about if I run America and I'm making rules about what people can say out when they're walking down the street, but that's not what's happening or like what you can write in a book. I'm saying I have a privately owned platform and I get to say what the fuck goes on it and I've decided that I don't want Nazis on the fucking platform. And if you don't like that, you can make your own platform for Nazis and see how that goes. Yeah. And to me, that's the resp- The correct response from YouTube is Steven Crowder, who sit- calls people fags, is not the best of what we want in the YouTube community and we don't have to tolerate all the stuff. If he wants to run that kind of show, there's lots of places that I'm sure would love to run his show and he can go and... See how that goes. I buy think, some Amazon web whatever, and I, if I Amazon's think, fine with you running there, or buy some servers. There's no debate Set to have a video channel. Th- there's no debate to have here about whether or not it's it's nice to call somebody a fag. Okay, uh, the debate that debate's over. The, the, the what we know is like you don't call somebody you don't call somebody the n word. You don't call them a fag. There's words that we've all agreed basically in polite society because it incites violence, not against even just against one specific person, which it does. It incites violence against an entire group and scares. Right. It's but, it's terrorism. But here's the thing, well, I, I don't the I don't know if the use of the words is, ter- is terrorism, but I think that we can agree that it is. If it you is, create an environment of fear, well, I agree, and certainly if you're mob, if you're sending mobs after people and derog, you know, using that kind of derogatory, hateful language to like rally a mob to, to like hurt somebody, I think it's really fucking dangerous. But I think the point, the lar- larger point, is like, you know, YouTube and Google has a decision to make, which is like, we want the kind that kind of content, and we want to support it and promote it on our platform. And give that kind of content of space. Like, if Nazis want to have a show, bring them to YouTube and they can espouse, like, white supremacy and anti-Semitism and racism because that's a thing that YouTube wants to participate in and be, have be a part of their service. Or they can say, like, the rest of sane, uh, progressive, um, thoughtful society, which is, the I believe, the vast majority of people, certainly the vast majority of people here in this country, have decided to reject that. The ideology, the language, the ideas, 
so they can be that part of the group that rejects the shit, or they can be part of the group that embraces it. But you can't be both things. You can't. You, you can't, can't run a Pride Month campaign. You and, can't and run. You can't have the platform. The right. You can't have the platform that welcomes everybody, but also welcomes the people who want some of the everybody to fucking die. Like you just that doesn't work. Exactly. There's a limit to. There's a limit to um, this debate, and the limit is like. The people who are who like the Nazis of the world don't think that a lot of the other people that you want as your part of your part of the platform should like even be alive. So I think that they've lost their ability to be considered in the same way as as like somebody who just wants to talk about you know their identity. Anyhow, so the long and short of it is like I think they're, they're they've been extremely short sighted and stupid about this, but I think all tech companies are living in some kind of weird world of fear. And by the way, I do think this is driven somewhat by the Trump organ the Trump organization and administration, where they are basically starting to use political power to force these companies or to try to like um, strong arm these companies into allowing more speech like this because the threat is that they will start antitrust proceedings or investigations or Trump will go on Twitter and start talking about it and damage these companies' bottom lines for some reason that is not actually based in reality but really driven by like – It's irrational. Yeah. It's driven by – it's driven by by the, the, the ideas of a very small – percentage of the overall population but a very loud country. violent percentage. Yeah, one that happens to be in 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 power in this country right now a very extremely dangerous group of people well uh wow. before we move away from, very upbeat before we move away from google <laughs> yeah uh do you see the updates to the stadia stuff yeah i'm looking i was just looking at it for uh just glanced at it right now um this is cool i don't know what to say i don't none know. of the games are new the prices seem a little odd to me. They're going to have a monthly subscription and you can purchase games which i don't love i think they should pick a direction um, and the idea you need 10 megs up and down in order for these games to function at like the base level, um, which is fine. I get it. They're trying to stream stuff. That's going to be hard. Uh, that's not accessible to everybody, but you got to start somewhere. Uh, but to me, it's like if you hired an enormous amount of talent on the executive end for this new gaming platform and you're one of the biggest tech companies in the world and you're doing a huge hardware infrastructure set up for this like they are mat they are building things around the world servers around the world they don't even have an original game to launch with right yeah which to me tells me that google doesn't totally understand the gaming space i'm still excited to see where it goes i think that i'm excited for another 90s style console war where there's a thousand weird products and we're all trying to make our sonic the hedgehog that i love that era i obsess over that history i think competition is great and we were getting kind of stale with video games but to me I think I would wish that Google would understand gaming. I mean, Apple is went directly to developers for their new Ar Apple Arcade service. They went directly to developers and said, we need games that you can't get out anywhere else. They yeah, even enabled right. so that you could use different Xbox or PlayStation controllers on their iOS devices, including the Apple TV. They went directly to developers and said, develop original content you can't get anywhere else. We'll help you fund it. We'll help you make it. Yeah. And we'll 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 help work around our development. We they will work our development platform around new original content. Google is taking some existing PS4 games and throwing them on Stadia, which is impressive, certainly from a technical perspective. But the entire business model of gaming for decades has rested on the fact that content is king. Yeah. Or as Nintendo used to say, the name of the game is the game. Right. And if you well, don't do, have good games. They do have some exclusives. What exclusives? I didn't have, see one. They have exclusives. They have a couple. Like They don't sound necessarily that good. There's one called a game called Get Packed. Um, okay. And there's a game called uh, Guilt or Jilt. Um, and then they, they uh, so there's apparently they're, they're, they have a studio and there are going to be more exclusive games. 
Like, like the kind of coup, here's the kind of coup that, that Google needs. This is what I would do if I were Google. Just buy some developers. Here's what I would do if I were Google. And I hope they do this because it would be fucking insane. They should buy um, CD Projekt Red. Yeah. And release Cyberpunk 2077 as a Stadia exclusive that you could only get on Stadia. And they will sell millions of these fucking things. People will be mad, but they'll sell millions of them. Now, CD Projekt Red would have to essentially sell its business to Google. But by the way, Google could afford to buy a business like that for a premium. And gaming is not a cheap industry to get established in. Yeah. Sony did not make money on gaming yeah. at first. But the long-term investment yeah. has saved their company, I, I, essentially. I really, I really like I mean, I mean, really like the general – here, look. There's no question that – I'm just getting 3DO vibes from the state. No, it definitely, it definitely has like a – I mean – Here's the thing. There's no question that over time, bandwidth goes up, right? That we all have faster internet in our houses and at work and wherever else. And Chromecast and, and controllers get cheaper to just throw down everybody. 5G becomes widespread and your all your mobile devices are on super fast connections. Like over time, in the next 10 years, that's all like definitely happening, right? So the idea that like there's this like cloud gaming service where I don't have to like load up a game and I've got like the, the power of like a network of computers to like run these things is a really – Awesome. You don't have to drop six hundred dollars on the PS5, yeah. then wait an hour for the two hundred gigabyte an hour, a day for the two hundred gigabyte download. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very much like music. I mean, I think it's like it's like it was you know, we used to buy record players and these fucking huge like audio systems and you have to buy all the records. You have to buy and, hit clips. You know, you have to wait for right, exactly. <laughs> um but you know, now it's like we just open Spotify and you stream whatever the fuck you want. You open Apple Music, you stream whatever you want. And I think that like that has been good and bad in, in some ways. I, obviously, the gaming industry is very different, but I do think that kind of the the road that is paved here is like there's clearly an opportunity for some kind of like really a bold streaming console that works well. Like a Steam, you don't need to own a gaming PC. To but run. but but listen, killer app. The word is killer app. Yeah, you have to have the killer app that makes the people who are really going to get into this salivate. You have to have a Breath of the Wild. There's, you have to yeah. have your Halo. I mean, like the bold, crazy ass move here is like Google buys Nintendo. Right or they buy Google buys just buy Sega. Yeah, but Sega's just like, buy uh, Sega's like just buy really. Ubisoft, just buy EA. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I mean, they buy a major publisher of games. But if Google was like, you can start... only get your uh, Yakuza here. Yeah, that's at least a start. I mean, that's a start. But I think the real play is something like if I were let's put it this way. If and by the way, if Google wants me to run this part of the company, I'm, I'm in. I'm open to it, and I'm willing to consider an offer. I'll do it. But the move here is you go get. You get like five mid-level killer game publishers or developers that are consistently putting out great games that people love. And you go a, get... launch, a tight launch program for indie developers that are developing games that that are weird yeah, and, and you and need- incentivize the fuck out of them. You give people who like, you give like the people who do shit like Gone, Gone Home, you give them like- Get the next of, Stardew Valley. Loads of money, yes. And then, but then you also buy a couple of AAA, produ- like you buy a couple of AAA companies and you say, we're going to do, we're going all in on this. We think this is a huge opportunity. We think this is a huge new market and we can do things with this network service that no one else can do. And we're going, we're doubling down on it. And we're, we've got, we've got our naughty dog. Yeah. And you have an exclusive, like if, if Cyberpunk 2077 was an exclusive to this, now I'd be mad. But I would fucking buy it. I'd go all in on Stadia. I'd upgrade my fucking FiOS from 400 up and down to a gigabit up and down, which, by the way, is probably more than anybody needs. But no, it's not more than anybody needs. But, you know, I'm just saying, like, 
I think there's like a really good argument. I'm sorry. I'm like fantasizing about what Stadia could be, not what it actually is. What it actually is is like they're doing an experiment, as Google loves to do, with some ideas, some basic ideas about like streaming games, like how you do streaming games. And like they haven't made a compelling argument yet that um, it's not a must have. There's no must have here. I mean, there's, there's, they're, okay, they're going to announce the full list of games at E3. They have a studio. Hold on, when was this announced? On in May, in May, this was announced that they have a studio, Stadia Games Entertainment, that they're going to be creating first party exclusive games. And they, dip, they um, scooped Jade up Raymond, a lot of talent. Jade Raymond is leading it. Yeah, which is huge. I mean, a pretty big. That's a pretty big name for the industry. But like, you really need the killer titles. Like, you just do. I mean, you need Death Stranding. You need. Uh, you know, Hideo Kojima to go. They even just needed Dead Cells, which is like, you, yeah. you got to try this. It, it's $4. You know, you buy, you have a, you just try it out. Those are the kinds of developers that I'm saying you snap up. You find like 20 but of like, those. But like get people to just put $3 in. And, you find and, 20 of those developers. You know, you could say to them, we're going to give you way more money than you could make selling these games on the Switch and PS4, which I, I don't honestly know how they do that. I mean, at some point it becomes like a economically unsound concept. But that but like, is what gaming is when you first get into it. You have yeah. to become one of the big players. Gotta spend money to make money. But like, honestly, what's the up, huge upside here? How many people can they get to spend $10 a month? I mean, I think their thinking is, but their thinking is that they'll be the YouTube of gaming. But my thinking is, is they couldn't get YouTube premium to work. So how do I know that they're going to get this to work? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 Google does not have a great history at doing things like this. Like they're not, you're not like, I'm not like, I don't use like Google play music. I don't get any of my entertainment on any Google services. They've done a pretty bad job with like content. They've been pretty bad at content. They've been pretty good at software. They've been, they've gotten way fucking better at hardware. I think they do some really good shit with hardware. Not all of it's good. Like they fucking copied the notch. That was lame. But anyhow, but like, Still, I mean, the Pixel is an amazing phone. and Yeah, I, their controller looks fine. I miss it every day, and I need to get my screen fixed, I think. I guess I could just wait till October to get a new Pixel. That's what I'm going to have to do. Well, speaking of games, Anyhow, uh, yes. Sega announced the final Genesis mini titles, which include Tetris, which only eight copies of were originally sold because the rights got pulled. Um, it includes a couple rare games and then one fan-made, uh, which is exclusive to the console. Um, and I think I like the idea of... Um, coming at this kind of stuff with polish and fit and finish like m2 is going to do a great job in the emulation and stuff um i i i'm i'm uh i'm more excited about the idea of publishing retro games or stuff that um didn't get the full treatment sort of like Star Fox 2 or something that didn't get the full like release treatment or whatever unfinished projects sequels to things that were great that could be great in the modern era like a Sonic Mania I feel like someone could come in and make a little console or like anything like that that um, would be cool and exciting Um, and I feel like I've already pre-ordered the Genesis Mini because I'm a big fanboy but I think like it behooves companies like with those huge back catalogs to not just do like classic anniversary collections and to maybe invest in those older platforms even if it's as a novelty because like sonic mania sold a ton of shit and there's no reason that you couldn't they couldn't come up with their own like so quote-unquote indie games in with triple a properties that have like weird mechanics and cool ideas um and i'm kind of encouraged to see that places are at least starting to do that yeah um so I don't know. That was an update on the Genesis Mini. Um, no, I mean I, I'm like I'm sort of like as you know, I am sour on the whole Mini phenomenon. I mean the NES Mini was cool. 
now it's like okay, I'm gonna have seven minis and I'm gonna like switch between them. It's just un- an unrealistic. It's like a cool little like to me. It's like a it's an Urban Outfitters like. But if they threw a Wi-Fi receiver in there and they sure, said if, like every if. once in a while we'll have a pack of new I guess games so. for I guess the so, but, old Genesis. But you literally platform. just bought this device from Amazon that like can emulate any game and it's like looks like a fucking DS and I'm desperate to get one now. We'll get to that like, nice. Thing. Why even why even worry about the fucking Genesis Mini when you can carry every game system in your pocket? Sure. I okay. think there's a there's a way to do it that I think could be fun and interesting. I just think I just think it's like this whole it's like to Any me Any indie game this encouragement. is like, this is some I sure I agree but it's definitely like this kind of thing where you know, you go into Urban Outfitters, they have that table full of like weird tchotchkes that are like Well, this is a much higher quality product than the at games consoles. They have really high quality. Okay, it's teams like the Polaroid camera. Yeah. You're like, I need to get so and so a birthday gift. I don't know what to get. Instax cameras sell like crazy. No, no, they're great. People buy like, vinyls. But I'm just saying, it's the kind of thing where you're like, this is a novelty item I'm going to get for my friend who loves old school video games. And it's like, but it's not really like a thing for the enthusiast. Yeah. Or in my opinion. Just for enthusiasts. No, if the enthusiasts are emulating. The enthusiasts are buying the fucking, uh, the, the mega NG or whatever the hell it is, the yeah. thing that Analog makes that like literally can play the games. And they're like crafting their collection of like hard to find limited edition cartridges and yeah fpga stuff anyhow um in other news about tech stuff um did you see this robert downey jr robot army what robert downey jr is worth like 81 million dollars at this point yeah it's not that much in like liquid cash just kidding um and he's devoting a ton of it to developing an army of robots to clean up the oceans he said even if it makes a small dent it will like be the joy of his life has he seen has he seen the roomba he wants to make Roombas for the state. First off, you can get them for pools. I've been looking at them. He wants them to also filter like microplastics. Sure, why not? I'm just saying, like, it's a fancy Roomba is what we're talking about here. Yeah. But how do you make sure it doesn't eat Tony Stark? How do you make sure it doesn't eat the fish? Meets the environment content. I will be here. How does it avoid the fish? I think that's what the, the problem they're going to What if it eats the algae? They'll do a captured I- AI. This could go very badly. Yeah. This could go very This could get hacked by people and then it's going to only eat the fish. I just want. It's going to like defish the oceans. I would like Robert Downey Jr.'s robot army to just fix all of our problems. I want it sure. to take away guns. I want it to stop yeah. straight marriage. Yeah. I want I agree. it to free uh, all the immigrant children. I don't think we have to stop straight marriage. No, we don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with straight marriage. Um, I'm the Stephen Crowder of um, hating of, straight people. Of gay people. You're like <laughs> anti, hardcore anti militant. Capitalism is for straights. You're like militant. <laughs> anti-straight um, disgusting that's like the thing that's a kind of thing and now I'm sure there's like some small pocket of weirdos that where they, they are like militantly anti-straight yeah, but that's the kind of somewhere. thing that like the conservatives want to make people believe actually exists yeah this is gonna be a poll quote where somewhere. they're like where they're like they're Ryan like, Houlihan no, from the like outline Antifa. no it's the whole Antifa thing it's like they're like their na- their, yeah. their group is called the anti-fascists and the conservatives are like they're the fascists and they're like no they're anti-fascists, and here's how you can tell. You are into Nazism, which is a fascist concept. They're against that. They're also not an organized group. Right. It's like, but they're like, but they're probably, all the conservatives always want to, they want to make you believe that there's some like. That there's equal. That there's equal. That's the false equivalency of the whole thing. Yeah. Which is always bullshit, because there are no, there is no other group like conservatives. Yeah. There really isn't. They're fucking batshit. Anyhow. Anyhow. What were we talking about? Robert Downey Jr.'s Robot Army. Oh yeah, right. I'm I'm here for it, as they say, as the kids are saying these days. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, did you see? Speaking of the, what the kids are saying these days, did you see this incredible quote from? This is totally off script, but the Birkenstock, um, like head of sales, had oh. this incredible 
Yeah, he quote. was like, I could create, he was talking about Supreme. Yeah. And he said, I could create lines outside my stores if I put this, a bouncer. Find this tweet. Did I just retweet it? I just retweeted it. That's annoying. At any rate, it was something like, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, I too could have lines around the block if I only released a small amount of my product on certain days and had bouncers and a rope and kept people out of my stores. And it's like, that is a good point. I mean, it's what Lisa Vanderpump does with her um, restaurants is to create the social media idea that people are excited to go to a Bravo restaurant. They hire hot people from L.A. to stand outside in a line yeah. and that pretend that they can't get in. I mean, and honestly, and honestly, it's a good it's a good scam. It worked. It works. Every time it works. It's really good. I've seen people in New York get into lines. They didn't even know what they were for. They just got into them. That's why I, I have a hard, I don't wait online for anything. We used to get, once in a Ever. while when we did like The Verge show, when we did, when we did On The Verge, when we did The Engadget show, we would get people who would come and then afterwards we'd always like go kind of like talk to people who were in the, you know, like when we were done with the show, we'd like talk to people who were there hanging out or whatever. Yeah, that's what I do with my housewife shows. I hang out afterward just to get feedback. And I definitely meet. talk to like a lot of people. I'm like, how did you guys, I'm like, how did you guys hear about this? Did you see this post or are you, are you readers or whatever? They're like, no, we just saw the line and we got into it. It's like, that's nuts. There's like one, one, you got into a line, you didn't know what it was for and you went all the way through it and sat down. That's crazy. But also that you got into a line at all. Yeah, I have a- For no a, reason. And this is, I, maybe it sounds, uh, I don't know, uh, condescending. I have a no lines policy for anything. Yeah, I'm the same. Literally anything. There's nothing- almost, It could be the hottest club in the world, and they're like, you know who's in there? J-Lo, and she's hanging out and taking selfies, blah, blah, blah. It's a five-minute wait. I'm like, five minutes? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean- What is this, the L train? <laughs> I'm like, literally, I'm allergic to waiting in lines or waiting for things. That's why nothing like, is worth it. That's why I'm dreading like going to Disney World or you whatever. You could die at any time. I'm nothing so is worried. worth it. But the nice thing with Disney World now is- um, you can do the fast pass, so little, there's no lines. You get like a little pager. Yeah. No, what's the fa- How does that work? So in Disneyland Paris, it's you literally just can book it on an app. Oh, in Paris. I mean, um, not even regular there. Disney World. Does anybody go to Disney World Paris? Yeah, it was spectacular. Was it crowded? It was spectacular. It wasn't crowded because of the fast pass. Because they're French. Disneyland Paris was spectacular. Um, but the, the regular Disney World now has the fast pass system where you can get you just go to the little booth and you flash your ticket and they give you a time to return. And the new Star Wars Land is a digital version of that where you just have a schedule of things you make in the morning by booking like what you want to wait online for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can spend the rest of your day going into the little stores or looking at some of the like smaller stuff without standing in line. Uh, Universal does a great job with that. I think like there's definitely the future because the worst thing about uh, a theme park experience or any kind of tourist experience is crowd management and like the waste of time that you spent thousands of dollars to come here and now you're like we're in a dark tunnel waiting to see a dark ride and my kid is crying and i haven't eaten you know, it sounds crazy and horrible anyway um i don't like it at all uh what else is going on um i don't know what's out there biden plagiarizing his climate change yeah what did he do i'm very confused so biden had been pre- previously accused of plagiarizing things um yeah. and he plagiarized himself uh I don't think you can do that. In the past, you can play yourself, but that's not what he was accused of. Um, but this time around, he put out a climate change proposal, which people were really like, this is actually pretty good. And then came to the realization that it had been entirely plagiarized. Yeah, that's um, not a good look. And I just, he consistently, I mean, he's like against repealing the Hyde Amendment. He he consistently does these things that just seem like no brainers. And he just seems very out of touch. And while every other candidate is doing a fuck ton of town halls and outreach and stuff, he's avoiding anyone hearing him because the more they hear him, the less they like him. Mm-hmm. And he's riding on kind of like the Obama Association and name recognition. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, you know, it's unfortunate. Listen, the last few days have been a real, it's been a real week for Elizabeth Warren, in my opinion. Yeah. 
I mean, I, it's been a kind of a month of her. I keep seeing, um, I keep seeing Elizabeth Warren pop up in more places with more good ideas and more cool things happening. I'm really hoping that, like, I mean, Elizabeth Warren's a very good candidate. Yeah, she's very good. She really is would make quite a good president, and. Um, and I know that I know that the hardcore socialists don't agree with everything that she has to say. And that's fine. But you're she's also to... their best shot at getting most of what they want. Well, she definitely has a lot of the right ideas. And uh, you know, between her and Bernie, you know, they obviously have a lot of they've got a lot of things in common. Uh, anyhow, but the point is that she seems like she could be an amazing president if this country was not super sexist. I'm just trying to figure out if, I like, wish people reacted to her the way they do Pete Buttigieg because she's got so much more substance and she comes from the same place of, like, hope rather than fear yeah. and a lot of the same philosophies and a lot of the same rhetoric. Um, but it's more polished and it's it's stronger and it comes with real plans. Yeah. And the reaction to Pete Buttigieg is always like, oh, this guy, maybe he should be president. With Elizabeth Warren, it's always like... I mean, I guess she'd be good, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel and like it's he, I feel all like, based on sex, in my opinion. It is definitely there is definitely like a ton of sexism. Like I, I do feel like this, and like I get it, I get it. You're used to seeing men be the president, and that's understandable. You know, you, I, it's like it's weird for people when they're like, "Oh, he's a stay-at-home dad." People get freaked out because they're like, "What? That doesn't compute." But you know, it's 2019. I mean, let's fucking. Stop dicking around here. Yeah. Like, literally. Let's stop dicking around. Um, so I hope that people start to see and hear what I'm seeing and hearing, which is, like, she has really good ideas. She's got her shit really together. She has a history of really good policy. And, like, I legitimately believe, like, she's smart as fuck. And she we doesn't need... – de- her campaign is not about Trump. It has to reference Trump. But yeah. she, it, it, at no point is she, like, you know – She's not droning on about how we have to stop this hate and blah, 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 which I agree with. But a lot of candidates are doing that at the detriment to selling themselves. They're selling why you should hate Trump rather than selling themselves or their ideas. Right. And she really does focus on her ideas. Right. Which I think is the correct tactic to be like, oh, yeah, well, I really disapprove of this. I think we should probably impeach him for X, Y, Z reasons. But the real reason you should vote for me is and then outlining your plans and your ideas and what people should believe in with you. Yeah, and did you see, she did a town hall, I think it was MSNBC, uh, she did a town hall the other day, and um, her answer on should Trump be impeached was, like, impeccable in its, in both, like, how clear, how clear, what what kind of clear case she made for it, and how obvious it was that she truly understood, like, the, the, the source material, which is the Mueller report, um, and how, like, definitive her take was, how, like, not wishy-washy at all, how, like, it was backed by, like, it was a factual, factually backed, like, statement. It just was like, wow, like, yes, it's amazing. This I feel the same thing when you watch Pete Buttigieg, except the difference is Pete Buttigieg, very smart, very polished, very, very inspiring to listen to, does not have the track record or the policy history that Elizabeth Warren has, which is, like, major policy that's been very consumer facing very like citizen facing like pro citizenry sort of policy he's just hard to get a specific out of he's just, but he's also so like he, been a mayor for a few years and now he's like wants to be the president and like he doesn't have that much stuff to speak to but he exists as a mirror like what you can project uh, the more progressives can project onto his gay identity and his rhetoric and the more conservatives can project onto the fact that he isn't openly saying he wants x y and z 
socialist goals, quote unquote socialist in America goals. And Elizabeth Warren is standing out there saying, like, these are the things I want and this is why you should want them too. And this is how we'll get it. Let me ask you a question. Do you think America is more ready for a gay man as president or a straight woman? Gay man. You really think so? Yeah. That's insane, right? Like, yeah. Like, it should be, I mean, I'm saying, like, we shouldn't be ready for a gay we man. We should be ready for either, but it we is We should be ready for whatever, but, that like. That misogyny is so toxic that it overcomes homophobia, which but like is every, horrifyingly like every, prevalent it's like, in American it's culture. It's like every other country's had, like, a female president or prime minister or whatever. It's never been a big deal at this, this point. But this comes from the fact that. Britain has a Britain's had like fucking like a bunch of shitty women running the country. Like Theresa May sucks, and nobody was like, I can't believe a woman's going to run the country. It was just like not even an issue. Mm, homophobia is derived from misogyny. They come from the oh. same source. Mm. Um, but you get a man, men, white men. But you get a, ma- a white man out of it. Yeah. So you can have the same misogyny, but at the end of the day, misogyny will always be held for women far more than it is to the people it's derived for. Yeah. Well, um, I hope that we can. I hope we can get over this this hump, because uh, the truth is, like, we actually have some. There are some, like, I mean, Elizabeth Warren is a stellar candidate, who's not too old. She's older, but she's not too old. She has a history of great policy. She is fucking smart. She knows the government, understands like how to get laws passed, understands how to make deals. I don't know. We also just got to focus up. There's, did you see that piece on, I think it was maybe The Onion or some place was like, um, <laughs> uh, media hesitant to name any more 2020 candidates no, lest there be copycats. <laughs> it's insane. No, 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 no. It's totally insane. Like terrorists. Um, all right. So before we wrap this up, did you see the uh, straight pride parade happening in Boston? I'm, it, not only did I see it. I'm participating in it uh, because, as we all know, we need to get we need to get the get rights going for straight people. It's about time that we've had some made some noise. You're gonna get a stained graphic tee, some cargo shorts. What's the what is the color scheme for straight people? Black and white. That it's that like sounds, prison. It looks like a prison flag. That sounds right. That sounds right to me. You're lame. It's black, white, black, white, black, lame, white. And then two gender interlinked sequels. Boring, binary, fucking lame ass ideas about. What is the parade going to be? Like tan sedans? Oh my God. Yeah, it's like, it's like everybody's. Free everybody's, in like, everybody's, everybody's in a, it's like everybody's in a beige 1986 Buick is the parade. It's <laughs> what, what would the music be? I'm trying to think. It, okay, what's the, what is the straightest music? What is uh, the straightest music? The straightest music. Uh huh. Creed. Yeah, that's they would just play Creed, Creed. and Nickelback. It's like Creed. And I think Nickel- even Nickelback would be like gay rights. Yeah, <laughs> Nickelback. They're all probably pretty cool. I don't want to say. I don't want to speak out of turn. I bet the guys from Nickelback are actually. Yeah, right. I bet Creed has like a gay yeah. cousin that they're really cool. No, with. Creed sucks. Creed's fucking lame as shit. Creed can fuck. Oh, it would be like um, Kid Rock. Creed is right. Kid Rock accidental is in there. Racist. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's not a Kid Rock song. That's <laughs> that's accidental racist is like fucking Tim McGraw and uh, LL Cool J. I, I'm or just something. naming like okay. That song would be played, is what you're saying? Yeah. I don't think so. No, Creed, um, maybe Matchbox Twenty. Uh, uh, what was the band you just said? Oh, uh, Kid Rock. Limp Biscuit would probably come out for do a performance, maybe. Puddle of mud. No, I feel like a lot of those people would be like, I don't want to participate. Yeah, in this. Fred, Durst is, Fred, Durst, Fred Durst is woke now, probably. Smash Mouth tweeted like, Smash Mouth is woke. No, no, Smash Mouth. They tweeted cool. like, straight pride parade. Get the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> yeah, no, Smash Mouth is cool. Those I was guys like, wait, are... All Star is about gay rights. There, that, that, that. It's about it's about living your, you know, it's about living your truth. Someone um, made an argument in a, recently this week about how um, 
all star i think it was h bomber guy said in a video that all star was about climate change the water's <laughs> the ice is getting thin the water's getting warm so you might as well swim the world's on fire <laughs> yeah i uh i um i didn't i've There's never thought about it in but... the satellite picture <laughs> it's like a hole maybe it is Smash Mouth is the most woke band. I mean, that song I never considered that it's possibly about climate change, but now that you're saying it, I'm I'm loving the I'm loving the sounds. Um, did you see this uh, Madonna thing? Uh, the cover story. Well, she says the New York Times profile made her quote feel raped. Oh, yeah, she's not happy. To say that I was disappointed in the article would be an understatement. It seems, by the way, Laura and I were talking about this, and she was like, yesterday was like, I'm really fucking mad about this article. It is bullshit. The ageism. Yeah, they were like you have the, you have like you have Madonna. You could talk to her about anything, and the only thing that like you can think to talk about is like how she's old and like when she's gonna quit. But like we're all gonna get yeah. old. I don't understand what this like. It's just like when people punch down at sick people. It's like we're all gonna get sick. We should all be fighting for healthcare. It's like why be ageist against someone when I mean, we're? I mean, and only the, women get it. Here's what she said, which I think is this is real Madonna, if you ask me. Um, to say that I was disappointed in the article would be an understatement. It seems that you can't fix society and its endless need to diminish, disparage, or degrade that which they know is good, especially strong, independent women, Madonna wrote. This is from uh, Vulture, by the way. The journalist who wrote this article spent days and hours and months with me and was invited into a world which many people don't get to see, but chose to focus on trivial and superficial matters such as the ethnicity of my stand-in or the fabric of my curtains and never-ending comments on my age, which never would have been mentioned had I been a man. And you know what? She's fucking right. Could you imagine if you got a cover story with Mick Jagger, who's releasing new work, and your only thing you talked to him about was how he was too old and should stop? Or, like, you sat down with Elton John and you were like, you look like shit now. You don't like your tits. Get out of here. Um, it only happens to women. It's, it only happens to women. And I, I do think it's like, I do think, you know, I do think Madonna has a history of being, listen, no, look, she's not perfect. Madonna's had I her moment. She's, she's a space cadet at this point. She's had her moments of of being an ass, but like also Madonna is like a fucking a once in a lifetime like pop, not just pop music, but pop culture genius. Mm-hmm. Like a person who has defined a whole like a whole genre of pop culture. Like made there's no Britney Spears or anybody else like that. There's no Taylor Swift. There are not there are no pop stars like that. I would. I think you can make an argument. There's no Beyonce without a Madonna. Easily, you know. And not to say that Madonna wasn't part of a lineage of, of people like and, Dolly Parton and, and other people and Aretha were part Franklin of that and movement, like, like Janet yeah, Jackson. Yeah, a lot of groundbreakers. No, there's a lot of Madonna was the. She was like you know. I mean, you know. I you obviously can't talk about Michael Jackson anymore because he sucks. But um, but if you if you take take away all of the what we know now about Michael Jackson, but take like look at his career as like this like crazy iconic, completely insane, shape shifting like pop star that just broke every kind of like idea about pop stardom that you could think of or that we'd ever seen like Madonna was the equivalent maybe the better in some ways you know like a prince level fucking genius um but anyhow like I do think it's I do think it's like obnoxious that um that like the New York I mean the New York Times is 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 just notorious for having like the most insane opportunities and squandering them in such like obvious and 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 like predictable ways. Mm-hmm. You know, did no editor look at this and go like, "Is this all we have to say about her? Like, is this all that we're gonna do here in this article?" Like, Especially at a moment when she is the epitome of the celebrity that no longer exists, which is mysterious, removed from the culture, universal name recognition, universal. Like, she was part of a wave of celebrities that were 
elevated like gods, pre-Instagram, pre-reality show, pre-influencer culture. Like she was a curator and an artist, but also a kind of celebrity that doesn't exist anymore. And that is such a weird thing you could ask her about and get her perspective on uh, that would be super relevant and that she would have... She would know in a way, like when you watch Truth or Dare, that kind of celebrity doesn't exist anymore. It was like her, Michael Jackson. There were specific people, Marilyn Monroe, that understood. Maybe the last person that understood that level of universal celebrity was probably like a Britney Spears or specific actors like like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck who understood what that kind of celebrity meant. And instead of asking her about any of that, you're just like, you look old. When are you going to stop? It's very, it's very. um... It's tough stuff. It's very sad, and Madonna deserves better. You want to talk about nice things? I guess we really should at this point. Yeah. Wait, I got to think of my nice things. Fuck. Go ahead. Um, first nice thing is I found a subreddit called Water is Fucking Stupid, where people just dunk on water. They just find pictures of water and say, like, look how fucking dumb this water is. They're just insulting water. So it'll be like water on a leaf, and it's like, you got trapped by a leaf. Or it'll be like water in um it'll be water in a bottle and they'll say, How smart could smart water be? You're trapped in a bottle, dude. Wow, okay. <laughs> Is it a very popular uh subreddit? It's gaining popularity. I'm okay. proud of it. You're, you're like working, you're trying to get it out there. Yeah. Okay. Um I watched the new Black Mirror episodes. Oh, which I've heard they're terrible. Are not the same level of quality. I think people as just the have realized ones. that Black Mirror is bad now. And now that when you see it, you're like, Oh wait, actually this is bad. I will say the first episode very sexy. Um the second episode is the weakest, but it's got the hot priest from Fleabag, so that'll get you through. And then the third episode has Miley Cyrus in a Britney Spears-inspired episode, which I thought was fun, and mm. it, it was fun. I had fun with that one. Did you it's watch, not a good Black Mirror watch, episode, you but watch it's Fleabag, I assume. I love Fleabag. I have a lot of strong thoughts about Fleabag. I love it. Here's the thing about Fleabag. Fleabag's like, love sex. She doesn't seem to like sex, though. I think it's- She's like always saying about how she likes sex, but does she like sex? But I think it's part of the complicated uh, fixation- and uh, usage of sex to fill other holes that you might have wow. through trauma and psych- like psychological issues. Yeah. But you don't necessarily love it. You're or is using it, it bad writing? No, I think she's relating it to a drug, which is like mm. you can be fixated on it and use Coke every day. But do you love Coke? Please don't talk about my personal habits on this podcast. <laughs> I've asked you many times. Um, um, okay, much better was Good, good Omens. Mo- on- By the way, Moriarty's amazing in the in Fleabag. If nothing else, worth it. Just to see his insane hot priest, that he's so priest. He's so good at performing. Um, what were you saying? Good Omens on Amazon. Oh, you started watching it? I Have finished, you finished it. it? Uh, I loved it. Read the no book. No spoilers. I fucking loved it. Yeah. I, it's not perfect, but God, is it charming. And it's ambitious. And Miranda Richardson, just why do we not cast her in everything all the time? There should be a statue of her in Central Park. She's so good. I think we can make that happen. Um, and then I downloaded a game for Switch called Gatto Robato. Which oh, is... I was looking at that. It's like you're a cat. It's, the like an, most it's a Game Boy game, basically. Addictive. Really? It's like a Metroidvania style, but you're a cat in a mech suit. It's so charming and, and fast-paced, and it's so satisfying to play. Should I get it? Would I like it? Easily. You it know, Dead worth, Cells has DLC, a DLC. It is worth every dollar. Um, I have not played the Dead Cells DLC Well, I have, I've, I'm playing it, but I don't know how to... There's all kinds of new stuff in it, but I don't know how to get to the new stuff. Yeah. It's unclear. It's a weird game to do DLC for. No, but it's got like a bunch of new levels and new weapons and new enemies, and it's fucking. Uh, I'm so excited. Sorry, I'm. This is sort of like my nice thing. I don't want to jut into your nice. That's thing. fine. Go ahead, keep going. I don't know. I loved Gato Roboto. I love the art style. I, so you, you recommend cheap. it? Highly recommend. I almost it. bought. I almost. I think I put it on my wish list. I, I pick it. it up for two seconds. It's like a Game Boy game where I pick it up for two seconds yeah. to be like, let's just. Yeah, you know, I'm doing nothing, and I will lose hours, and it's so satisfying and fun. 
I love it. It it is uh, apparently made by a company called Doinksoft. Love Doinksoft. Great. Um, and then the final thing is I saw Network on Broadway, which is closing this week. So this isn't so much a recommendation, but it was I feel like it's cool, phenomenal. It's a good Brian Cranston, right? Brian Cranston, Tatiana Maslany, um, mm. Tony Goldwyn. Uh, it was based on the um, Oscar-winning, Best Picture-winning uh, film with Faye Dunaway, uh, which is one of my favorite films ever. And the adaptation was super sharp, modern, tons of uh, inventive media integration and um like uh tricks uh staging special effects and tricks that uh, did not they weren't spectacle they were just used for devices um their performances were amazing i cannot believe it's not just going to run for a thousand years it was so good um so if i don't know if if there's ever any opportunity to engage with the network broadway show for you if they release something or something definitely engage with it uh it was really good and if you have never seen the movie network uh you uh, do that um it is a great film. A great film. Yeah. Everybody should see it. I guess it's my turn to do nice things. Yeah. Oh, and I didn't, I forgot. No, it's not. Uh, we talked about it earlier, but I got the GPD XD Plus, oh, which yeah. is the Android. It looks like a 3DS, but it runs Android, and it's basically an emulation console that's really tight package. It literally, it literally has the build in the exact body design of a DS. But you took but then you the open screen it up, and the you sc- made the top screen, screen bigger. The screen is bigger. It has different controls that are more Switch-like. Yeah, they're closer to like a PS4 group Switch controller. Yeah, and it is running Android. Yeah. It's really sketchy. It's an extremely sketchy device. You definitely have to put a custom ROM on it because the software that comes is terrible. Um, makes the games run did worse. You put a cu- did you install a custom ROM? Yeah, I did clean ROM. It was super easy to do. Really? It runs much better. All the games and emulators did run you, better. So it's not, you're on a higher version of Android now? Um, I think it's a seven it's or seven. eight, okay. um, and nine. A nine is in development, but oh, they okay. haven't released it. It's probably eight then. You're probably yeah. eight. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, but you don't a, need anything more. It than It seems that. great. I just don't want to. I mean, I have a it's switch. Two hundred something bucks, and honestly, I'm playing Chrono Trigger on it right now. It feels so good. Is it good? It feels so good. That's so what I'm good. talking about. It's like it's like I don't see why you would need to. I don't see why you need to to get the 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 Genesis Mini when you can have that. Well, there's in a your level bag. of like polish that normies need and there's also yeah, like it's ease and simplicity and the controllers and it's original cute, the little tiny funded. Yeah, yeah i guess so all right Whatever. what is your nice thing i don't know i just cut into you i'm trying to think of hold on wait let me think of what my nice things are um okay so my nice things are i i so i've been playing days gone as you know which is like i'm sort of passively into like it's bad but it's good it's good it's fine but it's bad but it's, it's as good as it needs to be it's enjoyable Sometimes you just want to be out in the apocalypse. And it's very fitting. Like, I'm reading The Stand, so it's, like, a really nice companion to The Stand. Um, but I downloaded, for some reason, the other day, I was like, I'd really love to play, like, a medieval, like, just something that's not a post-apocalyptic Hellworld game. Like, something that's, like, more, just, like, a totally different more uni- universe. Yeah, more escapist. So I was like, you know, I never really played Skyrim. And then I went and looked at, like, watched the trailer for the PS4, and I was like, oh, they redid the graphics. And it looked really good. And then I downloaded it. And uh it 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 doesn't look good. Like it doesn't look that good. I'm like, it does, it really looks kind of bad, but it's basically Fallout. It's Fallout 3. But it's like you're in medieval times, not mm-hmm. the place, but the whatever. It's, so it's I'm gonna play it a little bit. I haven't gotten back into it since I, the night I I downloaded it, I played for an hour and then I went to bed. So that's a classic that Josh move. So it's many a classic games. Josh move. I but just what, bought the um uh 
the Rick and Morty guys made a a game called Torver or something. I bought that for VR, and mm. I bought Blood and Truth for VR. And the time oh, yeah. I will dedicate oh, to- Oh, Blood and Truth, this supposed to be really good. The time I will finally get to that is like a timetable of a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. just- I'm, I have so many. I've, I've downloaded so many. I've recently bought so many games for my Switch <sighs> and my PS4. It's like really out of control. Like I bought a bunch, I was like, I want to play a game that's set in Japan. So I bought like the, I bought Yakuza. I bought Persona 5. I bought. You're getting hyped for Shenmue 3. Yeah. I mean, I guess whatever. Yakuza, Yakuza 6 is like good, but it's like, damn, there's a lot of dialogue in it. I'm like, all right. And I can't even not, like, I can't, because it's all Japan in Japanese, so you can't even look away. Like, I can't look at my phone while they're talking. And there's, like, some scenes where it's just, like, they're just fucking just talking. Yeah. I'm like, it's cool. This is cool. But, like, I want to go explore Tokyo. Can I just get the fuck out of here? Anyhow. So, um, so yeah, Skyrim. Wow. But then while I was watching, it's another nice thing. While I was waiting for Skyrim to download, I was like, what? I'm just going to, like, I need to watch something while I'm, like, waiting. And I went, um... I saw the community, and maybe it's always been, it was on Hulu. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I haven't watched Community in forever. And we started watching from like season one, episode one. I gotta tell you, that show's fucking insane. It's so funny and good. And like, really, a lot of, I think what they did now would not be acceptable. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I feel like they kind of would get canceled for because. Much I, like 30 Rock. And I think, yes. And I think to some degree, some of it would be justified. Some of it is like our oversensitivity to things right now. Like mm-hmm. there is a little bit. And I'd work. rather see people throw a ton of shit at the wall and most of it is good. And then a couple things are not tight. Yeah. Um. And so, and so, yeah. So I think basically like that was good and fun. And we, now we're watching Community. Which is great because like every season of Community is is like twenty four episodes long, so it's like a lot of really bite sized things to watch. No, they're not all great, but the most of them are pretty entertaining. Um, and uh, and then and then I think my final nice thing is last night, just before not quite drifting off to sleep, but just close to it, I was like, I asked people on Twitter, what's the best thing they've ever bought that was twenty five under twenty five dollars, and some of the responses have been really good and interesting. There have been so far 110 responses or something like that. Like Tyler Love, who's the CTO of Bustle, was like, I 30 bitcoins. 30 bitcoins he bought for under $25. They're currently worth $235,487. That's how much 30 bitcoins would be. He sold them for $200. My so, <laughs> my so, brother bought a Bitcoin oh to God. buy an, a, a fake ID. Ended up it didn't work out, but he had the Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin exploded, was in the news. He was like, how do I get my Bitcoin back? I said, oh, you don't know where it is? He said, no. Oh. So he went on a year-long like digital like treasure hunt with his lost treasure map and can't find it. And he would easily have... It, it, the valuation of whatever like he purchased of, was like yeah. $10,000. I was like... And my brother... Is a college, like graduating college student. It could really have very sad set him up. This is very sad. <laughs> Anyhow, I got a lot of really interesting responses. Several people said a, um, a bidet, which I guess is like yeah. you can get an adapter oh, for your toilet seat. A wonderful addition um, to any home. A couple of toilet things. Somebody was like, "Here's these motion sensor LED toilet lights." Like, I don't know. Like, is it? Are we? Can we just put the light on? Yeah, you I need just, a toilet light. And if it's nighttime, I just take my cell phone and hit the flashlight button. Yeah, you can. There's so many ways. Just you can sit down. There's no no chance of screwing it up in that situation. Anyhow, um, a pretty amazing selection of things and some good, really good recommendations. A lot of game stuff. Um, anyhow, it's just interesting to see what one. It's like it's interesting to think about like 
what is relatively inexpensive that is that you are like I would tell people about this. It's an huge quality of life or like a good plus for a cheap price. Yeah, I think that there's like it's interesting to think about like we 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 tend to like we we talk a lot. I mean, we you and I talk about this a lot, but people in general talk a lot about like big purchases, like buying a new phone and getting expensive clothes or shoes or whatever. But it's like interesting to think about like what are the weird little things that are like a dime a dozen, not a dime a dozen, but relatively inexpensive. That get, like I think Dead Cells is a great example of a thing that I paid very little for, fifteen bucks or something, five bucks. I don't remember how much I paid. Has given me a ridiculous amount of joy, like a, an absurd over, like way over index amount of joy from that purchase. You know, and I think it's interesting to kind of consider those as we are, enter into you know whatever the next stage of existence is going to be, depending on whether or not we have four more years of Trump. Like, what are the things that we can derive a pleasure from that also aren't like necessarily like playing into our worst capitalistic uh instincts the best things in life are free no they're not they cost under 25 dollars, <laughs> and you can find them in this list of things that people tweeted at me anyhow yeah all right well that's it i think that's it for my nice things i had more than i expected actually which is a huge surprise i think that's it for the show yeah it definitely is Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best, though I've just discovered a subreddit that's exclusively for dunking on your family. <laughs>